People of the world, April is upon us. It is episode 139 of What the Funcast, recorded and released today, Tuesday, March 29th, 2022. Hell yeah. It is the year of chaos. Uh, I was going to say the year of cold, because why is I wear, is I, why was I wearing my jacket that I purchased specifically for the Norwegian winter on this day? Like the sun setting at 7 p.m., spring is here april is like on friday and it's so freaking cold i am very Please. very very over it i literally walked outside this morning at like i don't know 7 30 to go to the office and it was Mm-mm. 25 degrees and i was like Mm-mm. listen i've had more than enough yeah no and, it's uh, time for spring to sprung but yes i don't know maybe one i day. i'm very tired of it um but it's been a big week for like a lot of weird different reasons i don't know it's been yeah. uh it's been like a a week of um i don't know all sorts of stuff not necessarily gaming stuff so for those of you that don't game but still listen to us maybe it'll be a good week for you yeah and, I think it's a good, uh, good news week for y'all yeah it will be and Exciting we'll stuff. talk about you know the hard-hitting news like hardwell returning back to the main stage at ultra music festival 2022 oh, in miami miami <laughs> Have you have you come around to it yet? Shall we start with that? Uh, yeah. I just <laughs> I think I hear Lauren like yelling a Cooper, <laughs> and I just hear like a woman yelling in background. Um, <laughs> so I I so wait, have for, not... for context for those that have no idea what's happening. Okay, let me tell you from my Miami. side. Hold on, I will tell you from my okay. point of view. Okay, <laughs> I don't know where this energy okay. came from. I was literally falling asleep before we recorded. So. Um, Ultra Music Festival, which happens every year in Miami, Florida, um, at the, I want to say the Barclays Center, not the Barclays Center, what the hell's the name of the park? Bayfront Park. Bayfront Park, I was close enough, Barclay, Bayfront, yeah, whatever. Um, And every year it happens. It's been canceled for the past two years because there's a little thing called the coronavirus, um, (laughs) and it is back in 2022, finally. It was this past weekend, and Hardwell, who you may know, we are uh, big fans of, mainstream, Mm -hmm. major DJ, Number one DJ for a number of years in a row. Uh, went on hiatus in, what do we say? 2018. February of, oh no, yeah. Well, well he went on hiatus from touring in 2018, but then he went on hiatus from like being alive. Yeah, he was a just presence like, yeah, yeah, he's all. like, I will be a hermit uh, in like yeah. early 2019. Little did he know. No, or February 2020. 2020. That's right, yeah. sorry, February 2020. Little did he know everybody would be on hiatus for two years after that. Mm-hmm. Um, anyways. He was the special guest at the Ultra Music Festival, and what Hardwell is known for is like big room house type music, uh, stuff you'd be jumping around like a lunatic to at like a college bar maybe if they have good taste in music, um, mm-hmm. and also hard style on occasion, which is you know just like loud beats with a loud kick in it, and uh, you know I don't know it's good stuff. Anyway, he came back, and I was internally screaming because I was nervous, and my my mm-hmm. all of my fears came true. He's changed his style, and he's now um, one of these future rave folks with his big room techno, and it's just very, you know, not as hype. It's different. But Ahmed is like, I speak with this. I jive. This so, is my taste. From my perspective, over his over the course of his hiatus, I've, like, gravitated towards that. So what Paul was saying, basically, like, his old style was very, like, ravey and big synths and very like melodic and the new style is very like dark and like just bass heavy and like intense um same like level of energy i would say but like different 
and I had already gotten into a bunch of artists that were doing that kind of style of music, like Maddox and um, Oliver Heldens' uh, alter ego, Hilo, has been doing similar kind of style of music, and I was really into that. So when Hardwell came back with this, I'm like, oh, hell yeah, this is great. This is exactly what I'm into. So I'm I'm very, very excited about it. Paul seems to be a little bit lukewarm about it, and I was asking, have your opinions changed since the initial debut on Sunday night, and now it is Tuesday night? Have you... <laughs> the scream who said that anonymous anonymous played paul scream for 25 bits thank you anonymous um has your has your opinion changed have you like re-listened to the set are you still are you still feeling the same way as sunday night you're still disappointed i started listening to so i'll tell you i think i will enjoy this set more when i'm not like at the edge of my seat waiting for like to see what's going to happen like it's almost like mm. when you watch endgame for the first time or any like big yeah. movie and you're like okay who's going to die you know who's going to whatever i was like and this sounds so like childish i guess to some extent but i was just <laughs> like nervous i just wanted to see what was going to happen like was he going to yeah. play was it going to be like a throwback set was he going to come back and do hard style was he going to come back and do the same stuff he did before but then you and i were talking and you said you were reading articles about how he was like legitimately unhappy with what he was doing before and that's why he kind of went on hiatus um so it it like if (laughs) if i were writing the screenplay for the life of hardwell this is (laughs) how a good life of hardwell would have gone where he's trying something new something he's interested in he's not just coming back and doing the same thing and going to continue to get burnt out and be miserable he's taking the global tour slowly you know he's going through and doing all that i think the pace that he should um For me, selfishly, I'm like I hate change when it comes to this. <laughs> um, you know, I, I, you know, I'm a little bitter. I was bitter during the set for sure, and was like mm. trying to learn how to cope with it, and then waiting for like a mid, middle of the set style change, and then nothing happened. It just yeah, it really you know, was the same style for the entire. I was expecting at least which, towards the end he would like end it with like a big throwback of something, but like no, but He's like I'm sticking to my guns. This is my new style now. Like yes, it. and I think <laughs> that that's a more powerful move than anything else, right? Because it's like yeah, oh, and I've had a lot of time to think about it, even though I haven't listened to the whole set again. Um, I was thinking about it yesterday, and in all reality, like it's almost like. And this is such a stupid analogy, but it's like when <laughs> Apple did something as big as dropping the headphone jack, right? It's like we're going full yeah. steam ahead. The next iPhone is not going to have the headphone jack. The one after that is not going to have the headphone jack. It's just like yeah. it's gone, and that's it. They're sticking to it, and they're running with it. And people adapted. So me, yeah. resident peasant, I will adapt. Um, but you I know, believe in you. I'm more happy, and I also was thinking about this this morning, um, like if it was a matter of, you know, that this man who is like, like just like us right would burnt out and god forbid take his own life because he's so miserable right would i you know would you want somebody to be doing like the same thing over and over again for our pleasure even though he's miserable no of course not you want what's best for him and i know this is like getting very uh emotional about something that doesn't need to be this emotional but in all reality that's the reality of it right that's that is the reality of a lot of djs i mean like the reason he took hiatus basically right after avici's unfortunate and untimely demise um, which we won't get into, but the way I see it is we either had no hardwell and we were surviving just fine, or we get this, like, it's either you get nothing at all or you get this new hardwell. So I'm, I'd, I'd rather have new hardwell music that's a little bit different, but it's still, like, from the same man as opposed to nothing at all. So, right. I don't know, you kind of take what you either get. Have, at the either same... have nothing or you have Darkwell, and we got Darkwell. Yeah. <laughs> that's fine. I like I like his villain era. Um, 
and at the same in the same breath like martin garrix and zed also two extremely popular djs from the same kind of era uh released a really cool new song that is kind of in the style not the yeet who is this anonymous person thank you <laughs> <laughs> um, like her, martin garrix and zed both released uh a collab for the first time and it's like it is very like old school like edm from like 2013 and it's equally enjoyable so it's not like that style of music is not unavailable from countless other djs so um i i'm not too torn up about it in that respect like yes hardwell style has changed the old music is still there his old sets are still there you can always revisit them at any time um but this is kind of a new path forward and i'm excited about it he's already has like three singles lined up uh he has a store lined up and i don't know i'm i'm hopeful for the future and seeing what what he comes up with next yeah i know i totally agree <laughs> the world is thank you anonymous again <laughs> um so it's goes. uh it's one of those things where yeah i i i agree 100 with you and it'll be cool and at the end of the day we're still gonna get a throwback set if we don't get a throwback set then i'll riot but um i'd one imagine day, I hope. one place at one point in time we'll get a throwback set so yeah Anyways, welcome to What the Music Cast, uh, What the Ultra Cast. <laughs> we really spent 10 minutes talking about that, damn. We're on yeah, nine, we're passionate about we're it. Um, okay, well, let's get into the juicy stuff here. So we watched Ultra, watched The Return of Hardwell, watched a lot yes. of great sets. Uh, what have you been up to besides that? Um, besides that, I've so I've started Arcane. Um, I actually, I remember, I should have talked about this last week, but whatever, I forgot that I even watched episode one. I'm now two episodes into Arcane, which is the Netflix original series that is based on the League of Legends games. Um, it has a fantastic art style. The plot, so far, I'm like, sure, whatever. Like, I, I don't understand it, and I'm not sure if knowledge of the game would help or not. Um, but it is a really good show so far. The art style, if anything, is like the main draw, because it's so pretty to look at. Um, I'm into it. So, would recommend... So far, so good. I don't know. I'm only two episodes in. Are you actually anonymous? Paul, get out of here. Um, <laughs> so then, I had like 75 bits left because I think the one night I got, I bought them to keep the hype train going or whatever. Ridiculous. And uh, so I figured I'd. I was like, who the hell is anonymous? It's like submit anonymous. I was like, hell yeah. <laughs> Ridiculous. That's why you were laughing. Um, and then we watched over the weekend, we watched the first episode of Peacemaker. Not you, we being the rest of our friends that were camping out of your house while you abandoned us. Um, but we watched the first episode of Peacemaker, and it's really, really good. I'm really in, uh, into it. You haven't seen The Suicide Squad yet, which you need to watch that before you'd watch Peacemaker. The Suicide Squad is also an excellent movie, highly worth the watch. Um, and first episode of Peacemaker so far is so good. We'll be continuing that. Um, and then I have a minor announcement, or maybe it's a major announcement, but hold up. I have to pull up some context here. Uh, let's see. Apparently... Um, Paul's going to go on strike because I did not watch the first episode of Ted Lasso. Thank <laughs> you for the said, reminder. Literally yesterday, he's like, if you get on with Funcast and say anything but I watched the first X, X, X episodes of Ted Lasso, I'm going on strike. So Paul's going on strike. I'll be taking the rest of this episode by myself. Goodbye, Paul. <laughs> <laughs> he literally got up and left for those listening at home without video. Um, but anyways, no, I did not watch the first episode of Ted Lasso. <laughs> He's literally gone. He hasn't come back yet. <laughs> um, but I will. I will. Paul gave me a... Uh, Paul gave me... Thank you for the bits, Carla. Very kind of you. Paul gave me a free trial to Apple TV+, Plus, which I will redeem one of these days and watch it. I promise. <laughs> he currently has his arms folded and no headphones on, so he can't even hear what I'm saying. But anyways, um, 
Yeah, I'll, I'll watch Ted Lasso eventually. Of course, I, I, I could finish. hear what you were saying. I could hear it. I have it loud enough. No, I heard couldn't. it right through the headphones. Yes, you could. Yeah, or yes, I yeah, could. Okay. <laughs> anyway. I can't I'll believe you didn't watch the first episode of Ted Peacemaker. Lasso. I will watch Ted Lasso just after I finish Peacemaker. Trash can stand. And then maybe Arcane. Um, anyways, and then I watched Hot Fuzz for the first time, which I was talking about last last time where I tried to watch it on Peacock and it was like broken. So I like was like I was mad that I didn't finish it, so I paid money for it, rented it on YouTube or whatever, and watched it. That movie's fantastic. That movie's really, really good, and I'm like mad that I didn't watch it earlier, but I also understand why I didn't watch it earlier. It came out in 2007, um, which was like a period of my life was where I wasn't really consuming pop culture, and I was kind of like trying to be a rebel, and everyone's like, oh, you gotta watch Hot Fuzz. I'm like, no, I don't watch pop culture movies. Anyways, so I watched it. It's fantastic. I can't wait to finish the, the Cornetto trilogy, which includes uh, Shaun of the Dead and The World End. Um, the world's end, sorry. Oh, but Hot Fuzz was great. And, uh, yeah, I also, I wrote here that I have no idea what a video game is because I thought I didn't play any video game. That's a lie. On Thursday night, the night before I went over Paul's to watch the Ultra Music Festival, um, I sat in front of my TV and I, like, played every one of the games that I own in, like, five-minute spurts. Like, I booted up Overwatch, and I played a game, and I was like, wow, I'm bad at this. I haven't played this in too long, and they're like, I'm bad. We're done. Next. And then I played a little bit of Gran Turismo, and I, like, lost the race, and I was like, next. And then I played Forza Horizon 5, and I lost the race, and I was like, all right, next. And then I played um, <laughs> some Horizon, and, like, I died, and I was like, okay, next. I, like, went through, like, a marathon of all these games, and, it, like, we're just looking for something that was, like, satisfying and not frustrating. And I even booted up Hades, and, like, I had a really shitty build, and I wasn't getting the right boons, and I was like, you know what? I don't want this either. And then I booted up Valhalla. So Valhalla is the cyberpunk bartending game that was on Game Pass at one point, and I was playing it while I was on Game Pass, and then it got taken off Game Pass. And then it was on sale on Switch, and I decided it was better played as a Switch game anyway, because it is a portable game rather than a game that you need to be like sitting in front of a TV for. Um, that said, I did plug in my Switch to the TV and play it on my TV, but um, it's a very it's more of like a visual novel than a game really, and like the the game aspect is just making sure you make the right drink. But then you're like just talking with your your patrons as a bartender, and it's really good so far. Um, I got to basically the point that I was at on Game Pass, um, but I had played on Game Pass like at least over a year ago, so I really don't remember. So I was like playing it for the first time, um, but it, like the the dialogue is fun, and it's it's a I don't know. I was reading rereading Steam reviews of it, and the game story takes place over descent like not the course of December, I think it takes place over like Christmas week and people are like every December I have to come back and play this game and like people will play it once really? a night as if they were a bartender because the game has like, it goes over like a day system, like some your shift ends and you go home and you come back the next day. So people would play it and be like, yeah, like we'll replay it every December and we'll like, we'll log in and like do my bartending shift as if I'm like doing a real job and like come back the next day for the next shift. Um, yeah, it's a, it's a very interesting Carla with the bits. Damn. Okay. Thank you. Thank you for 36. 36 oh, worm. Um, where are they all one at a time? Um, but yeah, no. Valhalla is a very interesting game. It's very relaxing in a way that, like, all I wanted to do that night was relax, and every game was frustrating me in a way that I didn't want to be frustrated. There's no frustration, Valhalla. You can't lose. You just make the drink, and you talk to your bartender or your uh, patrons or whatever as you bartend, and you can, like, make the drinks stronger to get them drunker and, like, have them talk more kind of thing. Like, that's the, a fun mechanic. So it's not, like, to, completely on the rails, but it is It is pretty satisfying to just, like, sit and not think about anything and not have to worry about, like, fast response times. So you get just, I don't know. It was, it was satisfying. It was the right mood. That's pretty cool. Um, but, yeah. So that is what I've been playing. What have you been doing? 
So it's interesting that you have that perspective on. Uh... No, Brad. There's Brad, no date rape in this game. Brad took that from <laughs> zero to 170. Um, Truly. Anyways, so I've heard a lot of good things about Valhalla, and it is uh, it's f- interesting that you're talking about Game Pass because I'm starting. Like, I need to make more of an active, you know, take make more of an active duty to play Game Pass games because I was doing good for a while, and then I booted up Tunic on. Wednesday or Thursday, I forget. And Tunic is a lot of fun. I mean, it's like hmm. it's scra- it's scratching an itch, like a Zelda ish itch. Um, and I haven't played much of it, but it's like one of those games where I sit there and I think like, oh, I really want to get back into Tunic. I really want to pick up Tunic and play. And then the opportunity just never came hmm. all weekend. So, um, but either way, really fun game. I, I I didn't play much of it, but it was fun a little bit that I played. So I got to go back to and play more of that. Um, very Zelda ish, as I said, scratches that Zelda itch. Um, so it's, and it's a very pretty game. Um, yeah. and then I don't think I played anything else on game pass at all. There's like, there's so much on game pass when, if you scroll through top to bottom, what's on game pass, it's like, it's a lot. It is just so wild. What's on game. Also, pass, I can so. hear Cooper losing his mind in the background. <laughs> what's happening? Uh, yeah, he's barking. I don't know what he's barking at. He's <laughs> probably barking at Lauren, uh, for existing. So, or a leaf, um, who knows? Or, or a leaf, yes, probably a leaf. Um, <laughs> but yesterday we watched a bunch of Shit's Creek. We are up to, oh man, let me see. I think we're on season four now. You guys are flying through that. Show. Yeah, so it's really funny because what I've realized is like when there's hour-long episodes of TV shows, it's like, oh, like it's an hour and it's kind of daunting to some extent. Yeah. And, um like with these, they're twenty-one minute shows. You're on season four, episode eleven, so we're almost on season <laughs> five. Um, yeah. But when season they're twenty-one, 21- ridiculously funny, and season five too. Yeah, so like when it's twenty-one minute episodes, they're like very easy to digest. Where I'll, I'll be more quick to digest four of those versus one hour long episode of something. So, yes. which is I don't know, which is crazy, but um, yeah, you know, we'll we'll see. So yeah, so I mean, we're cruising through it. We have what two seasons left um, mm-hmm. of Shit's Creek, and it's really funny. So. Um, I'll probably try to continue watching like a sitcomish show after this, but um, that's pretty much it. like how I operate in terms. Excuse me, in terms of like you were saying, like those are easier to digest. I always have like a show like that to digest in the background of when I like eat dinner. I just want to watch something while I'm eating dinner, but I don't want to commit to a full hour of content. Like I just want to watch a 20 minute episode. That's exactly how much time it takes me to eat. We're good, um, and that's why I watched like Shit's Creek, and that's why I got through all of Letterkenny and got through all of. Um, 30 Rock and Parks and Recreation and The Good Place and all these other shows. Um, so if you're looking for a good one, if you haven't watched The Good Place yet, I think you should start that one after Shit's Creek. Uh, what is it on? I don't know if you did. Good Place is on Netflix, but I think also Hulu. I think it's on both. Um, the Good Place is genuinely like one of the best series finales I've ever seen in my entire life. It is genuinely so, so, so good. You said uh, Brad it's Paul already watched good Upload. Place? The Good Place, yeah. Oh, The Good Place. Uh, yeah, we didn't watch Upload Season 2, though. Mm. Um, and apparently that's out. So, uh, But yeah, so that, we'll have yeah. to watch The Good Place with uh, Kristen Bell, right? Kristen Bell and I don't remember the other actors' names, but yes. <laughs> yeah, I just texted it's the really good. so we know. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, we'll check it out after we uh, we get through this. And then I want to watch Mitchell's vs. Machines. And Ooh, yeah, and Flea. 
Yeah, there's like there's we like a few movies that, that I yeah. want to watch. Um, Coda, Coda, C- well, we'll get to that I guess in a minute. But anyway, yeah. speaking of quality films that I watched, Jackass Forever uh, is on. <laughs> oh yeah, I forgot we watched that together. Is on Paramount Plus and uh, gotta oh, say, my God. got a good laugh. Uh, also, I think cringed into the next dimension. Um, but yeah, so it's uh, it was um, it was something. So it's. Uh, yeah, it, it was it was what I hoped for it to be, and it would it scratched the jackass itch that I was looking for. So I was happy about it that. Was I don't want to say traumatizing? It was very uh, painful to watch <laughs> some of the scenes, um, but it was fun. It was fun. Yeah, I don't know if I'm gonna go back and like watch the originals. I never watched a jackass movie before this one, so I'm good. I think that's yeah, more than enough. They are they are entertaining in the strangest ways. Um, but yeah, so that's pretty much what I did. I, not too much, um, I bought Kirby in the Forgotten Land. It is still sitting in the shrink wrap next to my bed. So I will Sounds eventually, about right. yeah, I will eventually play that hopefully soon because that actually got really good reviews. Uh, well, generally favorable reviews considering it's a Kirby game. I think it was sitting at like an 85 on Metacritic last. We talked about it last week. Um, yeah. so I'm looking forward to trying that. Really enjoyed the demo. Uh, I'm going to hopefully try to get into that, uh, sometime this week, but it seems like there's a lot. Uh, there's a lot going on this week after work. So anyway, yes. what are you going to do? Um, all right, let's jump into the hot news for entertainment. And yes, we got a bunch of it. And yeah, we do. We do have a bunch of this. So we well, have got... Actually, oh, yeah, go I just realized there's one that's in the wrong section, but there's still a bunch of entertainment news. Oh, <laughs> oh, oh. yeah. So we have... Wait, what the, the hell Oscars happened. Yeah, they did. Anyways, I got caught up. I saw No Way Home and I saw Endgame and I got uh, confused. Oh, it's so, like a it's a whole thing. I'll get into that. But yeah, go ahead. This is about... your this is your cup of tea. So go ahead, take it away. Sure. Yeah. So I mean, let's get the the elephant out of the room. The elephant out of the room. The elephant address the elephant in the room. That's the saying. Um, obviously, Chris got rocked by Will Smith. Uh, everyone knows whatever the joke was shitty. Well, Will Smith was shitty, but I get why he did it. I honestly thought it was hilarious in the moment. They're both rich people. They'll get over it. That's showbiz. I don't know. What else to tell you? Um, if you have your own hot takes, you can have them on Twitter where everyone has their own crazy hot takes about how they feel so unsafe and that he could have killed him or whatever. Judd Apatow literally tweeted, like, he could have killed him, and then he deleted the tweet when he realized how much of a clown I remember anyways, that. I remember that. I remember that. <laughs> ridiculous. Um, oh, Justin doesn't know what happened. So, uh, here, for everyone that doesn't know what happened, maybe doesn't I'll, I'll find the Oscars. I'll find the link. Haven't, Oh, have it on Twitter. Happened. I mean, I don't have the link, but I'll I'll just uh, recite basically what happened. Um, Chris Rock was on stage and went off script and said a joke about uh, Jada Pinkett Smith, who uh, suffers from alopecia, and was talking about how she looks like G.I. Uh, G. Jane. Um, and then uh, Will Smith walked up on the stage very calmly and quietly and then smacked Chris Rock across the stage and then walked calmly and quietly off the stage. Across Rock, the stage? He slapped him across the face, not across sorry, the Sorry, across face. the face? I can't Relax. Speak. Anyways, slapped <laughs> across the face and then calmly walked off the stage and Chris Rock goes, wow, I just got the shit slapped out of me by Will Smith or whatever. Um, or Will Smith just slapped the shit out of me and then Will Smith's like, keep my wife's name out your fucking mouth. Um, and that was all uncensored on like Australian and Latin American broadcasts. So we got the full audio. Um, so everyone thought it was a bit for a second and then they were like, no, 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 that's not a bit. Uh, and it was a whole thing. And then Will Smith went on to win the Oscar for best actor in King Richard. So, uh, I don't know. Apparently 
Chris Rock previously had said the word Macbeth in a theater, which is a curse, and then immediately he was cursed. So maybe that's the reason, because he said Macbeth, because of the tragedy of Macbeth, which is a film that was nominated. But anyways, so that happened. Have your opinions on it, what you will. Everyone's like, what? I'm terrified. You lost me with the Macbeth thing. Do you not know about the Macbeth thing? No, not one clue. That's why I just asked you. It's like one of those superstitions when you say, like, break a leg instead of good luck. If you say Macbeth in a theater, that's like a curse. Mm. Like, you will have the worst luck. And he did say Macbeth, and then minutes later gets smacked across the face. Oh, uh, so, okay. No, I didn't know that. Yeah. The more you know. Anyways, so the Oscars happened. Besides that, um, real quick recap of some of the bigger categories. Coda, which Paul mentioned, uh, it's an Apple TV original, or sorry, an Apple TV Plus original movie, uh, won Best Picture. Um, it was up against Nightmare Alley, Don't Look Up, Drive My Car, Licorice Pizza, West Side Story 2021, Dune, Belfast, Belfast sorry, The Power of the Dog, and King Richard. Um, so Quota won there. Will Smith, again, won Best Actor uh, over Andrew Garfield, Benedict Cumberbatch, Denzel Washington, and Javier Bardem. Um, Jessica Chastain won Best Actress, which is kind of surprising because I figured that Kristen Stewart would win here for Spencer, but Jessica Chastain won for The Eyes of Tammy Faye. Um, she was also up against Olivia Coleman, Penelope Cruz, and Nicole Kidman. Um, best original song went to No Time to Die uh, by Billie Eilish and Phineas, which actually is a really good song. It uh, is. I'm into it. Uh, best animated feature was Encanto, which beat out Luca, Flea, Ryan, The Last Dragon, and The Mitchells vs. The Machines. Um, best director went to Jane Campion, which uh, was The Power of the Dog. Uh, international feature film was Drive My Car. Best supporting actress was Ariana DeBose in... Uh, West Side Story 2021. Best Supporting Actor was Troy Kotzer in Coda. Uh, let's see what other exciting categories there are here. Best Visual Effects went to Dune. Best Original Score went to Dune. Um, Best Cinematography went to Dune. Best Costume Design went to Cruella, which I believe is the only category that Cruella was nominated in. So good for them. Uh, Best Film Editing also went to Dune. Best Production Design, Best Sound all went to Dune. Dune is really cleaning up. Um, and those are the the bigger the biggest categories, I think. Um, Two things. <clears throat> yeah, I never knew that Coda stood for Child of Deaf Adults. I had no idea that <laughs> that's what it stood for until just now. I sat I here and I was like, "Oh, it's like a coming of age story." I maybe it is. I don't know, but it's uh, I don't know. It's a oh, it's a French oh, it's a remake of the 2014 French Belgian film. Interesting. Mm. Um, but anyway. Uh, the we don't talk about even though I didn't watch the Oscars the we don't talk about Bruno segment was like really bad. I heard like mix. I mean not mixed things. I heard like you saying it bad, and then people were like, "Oh, Megan the Stallion was there, so it was exciting." But I have I didn't really watch it, so I have no opinion on it. Exciting so is a word to use. I mean, they like saying I don't know. Like, Megan the Stallion was just there, which is exciting for her. But I don't know about yeah, if it was but actually they sang, good or not. They like sang about. Like, they sang to the tune of We Don't Talk About Bruno, but talking about the Oscars and stuff, and they changed the lyrics. Oh, oh, and they, oh, oh. They that's skipped, annoying. They skipped, like, everyone's part of We Don't Talk About Bruno except for the opener where they talk about the wedding. Like, that's anything annoying. past that, they didn't cover. They, like, changed it to, like, Night at the Oscars or whatever, and I was like, get this shit Because every other here. song got their got its moment to, like, be sung We Don't Talk About Bruno, form, wasn't, right? it wasn't nominated for anything. Oh, okay, never mind. That makes sense. Then. So like, just don't shitty. perform the damn song to begin with. So the reasoning there, I think you might have told me, or Lauren, uh, or someone, I don't know, when they had to submit the songs to be considered, they uh, submitted uh, Los Orguitas, which is one of the, which I probably butchered that, I'm sorry, uh, which I believe is, it's one of the songs in the movie, 
um, that they thought would be like the most likely to win for best original song. Uh, so that's what the oh Dos Ariguitas, sorry. Uh, mm. th- that's the song that I believe uh, what is it played? I don't remember when it's played, but it, it's it's I believe it's a hundred percent in Spanish. Um, oh. But uh, yeah, interesting. Um, yeah. Oh, anyways, Le Manuel Miranda made it to made it to Hollywood this weekend. My wife tested positive for COVID. I won't oh, be going no. to the Oscars. That's why he wasn't at the Oscars. Um, okay. Gotcha. Okay, that makes sense. Um, missed out. Good yeah. Night. Yeah. He apparently did. Uh, <laughs> but yeah. So anyway, that's why they didn't put up. We don't talk about Bruno, even though I'm not sure. Like we don't talk about Bruno is like Oscar worthy. But I don't know. Yeah. I. I mean, I need to rewatch the movie. It's fascinating to me that that's the most popular song because it doesn't feel like it should be a popular song. But like, sure, whatever. I think it's the fact that it has like so many different vibes to the song like you you have like the opener where it's yeah. like spoken wordish and then you have when this when the one sister comes down like talking from the vine or whatever it's like very soft yeah. and you know i don't know just i don't know it's a that whole soundtrack is good song, I, guess. I like that yeah. i like the whole soundtrack yes um and then so we didn't watch the oscars because ultra was happening and the return of hardwell was happening at the same time um so i wouldn't actually have known about this unless i did some research so i this is why paul was like i don't know what this is about um so there was they ran these like twitter polls one was for the fan favorite movie and one was for the most cheerworthy awards and they both went to Zack snyder movies and i think it's because the snyder fans like rigged the things because nothing makes sense so um the oscar fan favorite award went to Zack snyder's army of the dead uh this one comes from polygon the zombie action movie premiered on netflix in may of 2021 this category uh sounds new to you it's because it is the Academy of Motion Picture Arts and Sciences announced this brand new category in February in an effort to build an engaged and excited digital audience. But to be clear, Snyder did not win a snatcher for this award. It is merely a Twitter poll, but it was announced at the Oscars. Um, so that was interesting choice. But then the fan favorite one was even wild, uh, wilder. So uh, he was two for two with these awards. The other one was uh, he won for Zack Snyder's Justice League with the most cheerworthy scene being when the flash enters the speed force i haven't seen the movie so i don't know what this means but the fact that this one over number two in this category was uh no way homes big reveal and spider-man no way home and the end games uh avengers assemble reveal scene whatever like you're telling me that people really loved the flash entering the speed force in Zack snyder's four-hour justice league movie from hbo max and that was a more cheer-worthy moment then No Way Home or Endgame? Like, come on. Let's I can tell real. you with 100% confidence, I could not tell you one goddamn thing about the Speed Force. <laughs> I don't know what the Speed Force is. I know but about like, the Space just, Force. Like, in terms of cheerworthy scenes, like, come on. So, the Snyder fans, I think, were rampant on this Twitter poll or whatever it was. Um, good for them, I guess, for getting the win. But, like, really? <laughs> so, I thought I just thought that was silly and worth mentioning, relevant to our interests. Um, but that's about it for the Oscars. I'm going to take this next one because I know you definitely don't know anything about this. You can take both of the next ones. I don't know anything about any of this shit. (laughs) All right, great. It's me, Ahmed, your entertainment correspondent. (laughs) Um, So uh, this next one comes from IGN. Uh, The Umbrella Academy Season 3 is uh, upon us, and as we all know, um, Elliot Page, the artist formerly known as Ellen Page, who came out as Transgender, trans wow transgender between uh 
now and when season two of uh of umbrella academy came out um i think i don't know apparently i don't know if everyone was wondering this but i was wondering this how they were going to address that in the show and whether the actor would proceed to you know present as female in the show because the actor is female in the show um Apparently, Elliot Page's character will come out as transgender in season three, and this was just announced today, which is really exciting. I think that's great. Um, I think that's probably the best way that they could have addressed this. Uh, so to quote directly from the article, uh, art will soon be imitating life in the Umbrella Academy. A source familiar with the production tells IGN that Elliot Page's character's, uh, character will come out as transgender in the show's third season and will be known as Victor Hargreaves going forward. Uh, Page tweeted a picture of himself as Victor on his personal Twitter account, which Netflix quote tweeted and added, welcome to the family, Victor. We're so happy you're here. Um, so I think that's great. I think it's a great way to go move forward with this. Um, the Umbrella Academy is great. If you haven't watched it already, would highly recommend. I'm very I'm sitting here. Three. I'm sitting here like I have not watched the Umbrella Academy. It is so good. I think you would genuinely love it. It's really, really good. It's definitely, it's an hour though. So it's not going to be like your replacement for, for Schitt's Creek or anything. Uh, they're hour episodes, but it is genuinely really, really good. Um, it's a it's a band of superheroes and they're all really fun and they're written by Gerard uh, Gerard Way of My Chemical Romance fame so it's good. Um, and then this last one is specifically for Rita, in our audience, but also for me. I'm excited about it. Maybe Carla's into it too. Um, this one comes from The Ankler by way of IGN. Um, the transom I don't know what that is has learned that HBO Max is developing an It prequel series that is tentatively welcome or tentatively titled Welcome to Dairy. The series would likely explore the origin of Pennywise the Clown, uh, as well as the dawn of 27-year-old curse that haunts the small main town. There's no word on whether anyone from the It movie will make an appearance, nor is it clear that the show has been greenlit, but at this point, uh, we can say that an oddest-to-god writer's room is being slash has been convened for the project. So, very exciting stuff. There's a huge possibility of an It prequel coming to HBO Max. It's kind of been HBO Max's cup of tea recently, I think, in terms of, well, not prequels necessarily, but like shows as spin-offs of big tentpole movies, Peacemaker and uh, the um, the Penguin series that are recently coming or that is coming out for based on Batman. Um, so not super surprising, but very exciting. I'm hoping that this is good. We'll see if it even even sees the light of day. Um, but I thought I'd mention it because as I said before we started recording, this week's a little bit slow on news, so we were kinda I saw the barrel and I was scraping it. So <laughs> Yeah, no, that's exciting. I I think making it a prequel is uh, is even more interesting. Yeah, because so. I don't think I'm not sure if there is material from like the Stephen King books in terms of like prequel content. I could be completely wrong, and there is like a lot of prequel stuff that wasn't addressed in the first two like new movies. Um, but it could be paved the way for kind of a new thing. I hope that Stephen King's in the writer room, or at least like has some kind of hand in this. Um, but I guess maybe he doesn't, because I don't know if he had a hand in the new movies. But he liked them, so that's good news. Um, but yeah, very <laughs> exciting stuff. I, I'm sitting here like, is Stephen King still alive? Oh my yes, God. he's still alive. Are you kidding? I don't know why I thought he oh was like goodness. really old anyway. No, he's like still on Twitter. He tweets about things all the time. All right. Uh, anyway. Shifting gears into the gaming. I'll let you take these first ones. Oh, yes. Because I, I've been speaking for the past like I can minutes. take these, yes. I truly, yes. I still have not watched it. And I've not watched the Umbrella Academy, and I haven't seen the Zack, Zack Snyder's Justice League. So Neither anyway, um, <laughs> all right, well that's good. So moving into the gaming space, let's move into some feel good news here. So this comes directly from Fortnite on Twitter, uh, and they said together we've now raised seventy million USD in humanitarian efforts. 
uh, sorry, in humanitarian relief funds for Ukraine. Congratulations and thanks everyone plus Xbox for joining this effort. So uh, they donated a portion of uh, their sales to the humanitarian efforts, or as uh, the ultra uh, host would say, humanitarian uh, <laughs> efforts going on in Ukraine. So, which yes. is good. So that's awesome. Very good news. Seventy million dollars is nothing to scoff at. Um, and it's mm-hmm. nice to see someone as big as Epic and Fortnite fling their weight around uh, for good reason. So, um, which is nice. And speaking of Fortnite, a renaissance is upon us, folks. Uh, this comes from Polygon. Fortnite has had building removed. <gasps> dun, dun, dun. <laughs> Honestly, my biggest gripe with the game, so maybe I'll start playing Fortnite again. <laughs> um, Who knows? So a bunch of people were like saying that it was kind of felt a little bit empty, but a bunch of people were like, this is a lot of fun. Um, so it's, uh, they renamed the, they renamed the main mode to zero build, um, and it still doesn't have building in it. So, uh, this comes from Polygon, like I said before, and they said Tuesday's update to the game added a new game mode called zero build, but didn't add anything else along with it. So for now, there's still no building in the main battle royale. Players can select zero build from the game's main menu the same way they would select any other game mode. Zero mode includes the exact same features that the buildingless variant of the standard battle royale had last week complete with overshields, mantling, and the much faster sprint speed. The removal of building has proven to be a popular addition for many players, getting positive reception all over social media and Reddit. Meanwhile, the change also brought several former Fortnite streamers back into the game, leading to a bit of a Twitch revival and some great 2018-2019 nostalgia. So this is, uh, I don't know, it's cool. I, I haven't tried it exciting. yet. Yeah. I, yeah, I haven't tried it yet, but it's uh, it's definitely gotten a lot of attention for not having building mode. So, yeah, that's always my been my biggest gripe with Fortnite. And like, I mean, arguably, I could have gotten into Apex Legends or Warzone, which I didn't. But I was like, the building is not fun for anybody. Like, my fingers simply do not move that fast. I can't be like building a fort into the sky. Like, it's yeah, it is ridiculous. So uh, and it gets frustrating in the end game when people are just like a contest of building as fast as possible and whatever. So um, stream lag for a second. Stream stats look good on my end. I hope everything's good. I can still see Paul blinking. So, um, anyways, blink, blink, blink. Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. No, that's exciting. Maybe we'll get back into Fortnite, or at least for a little bit, a mode or two here or there. <laughs> um, a single, happens. a single mode or two. Um, yeah, so I'm gonna jump right into the next one here because this is really interesting. I opened it up and I'm looking at it, and it's just like. I don't know. I, I've got thoughts on this. So Apex mm. Legends announced their next-gen upgrade, uh, or their next-gen update, I should say. Um, and it's coming out to PlayStation 5 and Xbox Series X and S. Uh, so they said the Warriors Collection event will bring next-gen versions of Apex Legends to PS5 and Xbox Series X. I'm not going to read the next part just yet. So the next-gen mm. update uh, brings improvements over backwards compatible versions. So 4K output will be available on PS5 and Xbox Series X. Full 60 hertz gameplay will be across all next-gen consoles, including the Xbox Series S. HDR will be coming to all next-gen consoles. Higher resolution shadow maps coming to PS5 and Xbox Series X. Greater uh, level uh, level of depth. God, level of detail. Distances. Level of detail. Yeah, yeah, greater level of detail distances coming to PS5 and Xbox Series X. How do you get the updates? You may ask. Well, uh, the <laughs> tweet says PlayStation players, check out the info below to learn how to update your game. Xbox players, no action is needed. Apex will update via smart delivery. It is so incredibly frustrating that to this day, we still have problems with these next-gen upgrades. Like, it's just it's so obnoxious. silly 
it is just so silly. And I don't know if it's just the architecture of how PlayStation has set up their games, but it is just so shitty. I, it's just it's just unbelievable. To it's me. obnoxious. That's that's like the main reason I included it because I was like, this really is like a perfect highlight of like Xbox. You're good. PS Five. You have to do like 16 steps. Have fun. Like I'll literally like, read. So it says for Xbox Series X and S owners, Apex Legends uses smart delivery on Xbox consoles. The best version of the game is automatically delivered to your console, regardless of generation. No extra steps are required from you. It's like 95 percent of that is fluff. They just wanted to put something on the paper here. Like yeah. and then you go to the PS Five. One navigate to the game hub for apex legends on the ps5 dashboard two press the options button next to play game three press select version and choose the ps5 version to download the update next gen version four once the download is complete navigate to the game library to delete the ps4 version and it's like why do you have it, to go through all these steps like why can't it just be automatic uh it's just so frustrating like and i understand why they're doing it i guess or like it's not hard to do it once you've done it once or twice but it's just so silly and then you talk it's about that you don't have, they have to think about it yeah like, you talk, you, and then you talk about like you know like Grand Theft Auto Five, and apparently it's like a full different skew, and it's just you know, I I don't know, it's just it's just it's just the way PlayStation's like store architecture works, I guess. Like even if it's a free thing, like it, there are different skews, there are different things, and it's just whereas Xbox treats it as a computer, and it's like, oh, you have this additional horsepower, I'm I've detected that, I got you, you're good, you don't have to think right. about it, right? Um, I don't know. Whatever. It's nonsense. It is nonsense. Uh, why don't you take the next one? Sure. Um, so, if you've been following along with us, uh, the Activision Blizzard lawsuit has been ongoing since pretty much last September. September Beginning of time. Beginning of time, truly. Um, so, the lawsuit, as of today, like an hour ago, was settled for $18 million. Um Honestly, whatever that means. Uh, I know there's multiple lawsuits leveraged against them. Um, this is kind of one of the bigger ones that at a federal level. So this one comes from IGN, and I quote, Activision Blizzard is looking to do away with one of several lawsuits over sexual harassment and discrimination levied against it. According to the Washington Post, U.S. District Judge Dale Fisher uh, is prepared to approve an $18 million settlement between Activision Blizzard and the U.S. Equal Employment Opportunity Commission, or the EEOC. Uh, this lawsuit is separate from one other, sorry, from another one from the California Department of Fair Employment and Housing, or the CDFE, or CDFEH, or D, DFEH, I don't know, whatever. Once finalized, Activision will agree to create an $18 million fund to compensate eligible claimants, uh, continue enhancing policies, practices, and training to prevent harassment and discrimination in the workplace, and engage in a third-party equal employment opportunity consultant approved by the EEOC. Um I haven't looked too deep into like the reaction to this and whether or not this is like a, you know, valid, not or valid, not valid. Uh, if this is enough, essentially, um, I have no idea. So I, we're basically just reporting the the facts here. I I have very little opinion on this. I don't know if this is a good outcome or not. Um, I was reading another article and I can't cite exactly who it was from. But it was saying something about how the um, the California, the DFE, or sorry, yeah, the DFEH was saying that this kind of undercuts them because the EEOC is a, operates at the federal level and the DFEH operates at the state level. And this federal level settlement kind of undercuts what they're doing at the state level because there's a clause in it of some sort that says that kind of like absolves them of a few of the harassment claims or something or other. Um, 
it's it's very complicated and i don't didn't want to get too much into it so i figured we'd just report on this and you know as the fallout happens of whatever this means we can report on that next week but that is what is happening as of basically an hour ago um so a minor update there yeah that is uh that's interesting i i don't have an opinion on this either yeah i i I hope i I, I have confidence and we talked about this when the acquisition happened with microsoft but I trust that Microsoft will make this right and figure this shitstorm out, frankly, and get Activision Blizzard back in its place. Yeah, I hope so. I was also reading separately, um, there's talks of like Activision Blizzard uh, starting a union, and Microsoft did say that they would not do anything to oppose that or anything like that, um, which is kind of good. Because uh, I'm assuming the union is being started by people that are not, you know, sexual harassers and assaulters at the company and so right. it seems like it'll be probably good news for in terms of you know getting getting them to a safer workspace and a, and a better place in general um so we'll see what happens right. as the story continues to unfold because it's kind of a years-long thing I, I remember seeing the the dfeh hearing isn't until like february of 2023 so oh wow just, uh, yeah the story's not over yet but hmm. it's ongoing Interesting. All right, shift gears into some PlayStation news. It's probably the biggest news of the night. I'll be honest I'll with you. This. I yeah, I still. I mean, we can read through it together here. So I'll yeah. I'll read from the top. So it has been long rumored that PlayStation's codename Spartacus uh, was going to be released. And what does that mean? That means that PlayStation Plus Plus Extra Premium Five G Ultra Plus Plus has been announced. Um, which all that means is Ahmed and I joking around. Uh, to mm-hmm. pretty much just talk about PlayStation Plus's new tiers. So um, historically, we've had PlayStation Plus and we've had PlayStation Now. What's the difference between the two of them? Well, PlayStation Plus gives you online play, gives you a few free games every month, um, and it gives you some like special discounts and stuff like that on PlayStation Store sales. PlayStation Now gives you access to a streaming catalog. So it uses this company that's name is escaping me, uh, their technology that they had acquired years ago, to stream games, and you can play PlayStation 3 games, you can play um, PS4 games, I believe they even started putting some PS5 games on there as well, and you can stream them for a certain cost every month. So um, what Sony is doing is effectively combining some of those plans. So now you'll have PlayStation Plus and PlayStation Now uh, being combined into three different flavors of what was historically PlayStation Plus and PlayStation Now. So this comes directly from the PlayStation blog themselves. Um, and they said, uh, let's see, a bunch of noise here, but this June we're bringing together PlayStation Plus and PlayStation Now into an all-new PlayStation Plus subscription service that provides more choice to customers across three membership tiers globally. Our focus is on providing high-quality curated content with a diverse portfolio of games. Below is an overview of the three membership tiers. So we've got the first starter as PlayStation Plus Essential. This is the same price as PlayStation Plus is today, $9.99 a month, $24.99 a quarter, or $59.99 a year in the United States. And then there are different um, exchange rates across the other territories. Uh, But the benefits of PlayStation Plus Essential is, or are, I should say, uh, provide the same benefits PlayStation Plus members are getting today, such as two monthly downloadable games, exclusive discounts, cloud storage, I forgot about that, cloud storage for saved games, and online multiplayer access. And there are no changes for existing PlayStation Plus members in this tier. Um, for PlayStation Plus Extra, which starts at $14.99 a month, 
$39.99 a quarter or $99.99 uh, a year. You get all the benefits of the essential tier, plus it adds a catalog of up to 400 of the most enjoyable PS4 and PS5 games, including blockbuster hits from our PlayStation Studios catalog and third-party partners. Games in the extra tier are downloadable for play. So this is where things start to get a little bit gray, uh, because there's no specific mention of the games that will be available. Actually, there will be in a few minutes here as I scroll down below. Um, but <laughs> yeah. yeah, so you get um, some of those games. It sounds like they're all pretty much the PlayStation Now games. Um, yeah. and, and then there's PlayStation Plus Premium, which gets all the benefits of Essential and Extra and adds up to 340 additional games, including PS3 games available via cloud streaming, which... I believe those are the same ones that are available over PlayStation Now. A catalog of beloved classic games available in both streaming and download options from the original PlayStation, PS2, and PSP generations. Uh, and offers cloud streaming access for original PlayStation, PS2, PSP, and PS4 games offered in the extra and the premium tiers in markets where PlayStation Now is currently available. Customers can stream games using PS4, PS5, and PC. And time-limited game trials will also be offered in this tier, so customers can try select games before they buy. And I didn't mention the prices, but that those prices will be $17.99 a month, $49.99 a quarter, or $119.99 a year. Now, before we get into our uh, our hot takes here, um, PlayStation Blog also goes on to say, the new extra and premium tiers represents a major evolution for PlayStation Plus. With these tiers, our key focus is to ensure that the hundreds of games we offer will include the best quality content that sets us apart. At launch, we plan to include titles such as Death Stranding, God of War, Marvel Spider-Man, Marvel Spider-Man Miles Morales, Mortal Kombat 11, and Returnal. We're working closely with our imaginative developers from PlayStation Studios and third-party partners to include some of the best gaming experiences available with a library that will be regularly refreshed. More details to come on the game on the games we'll have on our new PlayStation Plus service. Um, so you won't be able to get PlayStation Now as a standalone service. Uh, PlayStation Now customers will migrate over to PlayStation Plus uh, Premium with no increase to their current subscription fees at launch. Um, they're rolling out in a phased approach. June timeframe will start with the initial markets in Asia, followed by North America, Europe, and the rest of the world where PlayStation Plus is offered. We aim to have all of the territories uh, cut over. Oh, sorry. We aim to have most PlayStation Network territories live with our new PlayStation Plus game subscription service by the end of the first half of 2022. We also plan to expand our cloud streaming benefit to additional markets, and we'll provide more details at a later time. Uh, that is roughly about it. So I'd imagine we'll see some bigger announcements in the coming months, like at E3. So I can't yeah. imagine we'll see anything new. Like I don't think we'll see Horizon Forbidden West. I don't think we'll see any of that. So this is not a Game Pass competitor. Uh, this yeah. is strictly an evolutionary step of PlayStation Plus. Yeah, and if you want to, do you want me to take this uh, next kind of section, subsection of this? Uh, sure, yes. Yeah, so in kind of segueing from this not being a games, uh, Game Pass competitor, uh, this one comes from Kotaku. In a gamesindustry.biz interview, Ryan, uh, Jim Ryan specifically, who is head of PlayStation, talked about the good virtuous cycle PlayStation is in right now. According to Ryan, this cycle consists of Sony's investment in its first-party studios producing success, which then enables more investment, which in turn fuels more success. Uh, it's this virtuous cycle that PlayStation shouldn't break, Ryan said. And what Ryan believes would break it is putting first-party games like God of War Ragnarok on the service day one. Uh, quote, in terms of putting our own games onto the service, or any of our services, upon their release, as you well know, this is not a road that we've gone down in the past, Ryan said. 
uh, and it's not a road that we're going to go down with this new service. We feel if we were to do that with the games that we make at PlayStation Studios, that virtuous cycle would be broken. The level of investment that we need to make in our studios would not be possible. Uh, and we think the knock-on effect of the quality of the games that we make would not be something that gamers want. Uh, Ryan said things could change, noting that it wasn't long ago when PlayStation started porting games such as Days Gone and Horizon Zero Dawn to PC. Uh, I look back four years ago and think nobody would have seen that coming. Quote. So the, definitely not a Game Pass competitor, but it's also a little bit more than just PlayStation pa uh, Plus. PlayStation Plus Plus. Uh, wow. Hold on. <laughs> <laughs> it's definitely a little bit more than PlayStation Plus and PlayStation Now put together. Um, there is something new here. So PlayStation Now really only included streaming overall, and it didn't really have that many PS4 titles. It was mainly focused on the uh, on PS3 titles, uh, some PS1, PS2 titles, I believe, maybe some PSP titles. Um, but it was a, a smaller library of just those legacy titles. Um, the new thing here now is that with PlayStation Plus Extra specifically, you get the added catalog of up to 400 PS4 and PS5 games uh, available for download and play. So that's that's kind of similar to Game Pass. Um, and then the premium tier gets you the ability to also stream them. Uh, so like the xCloud kind of functionality uh, where you can stream them. And the only games that can't be downloaded are the PS3 games, specifically because emulating PS3 is really difficult because the architecture was vastly different than, uh, than PS4 and PS2 and PS1. Um, so PS3 games are always going to be available only via cloud streaming, whereas everything else can be streamed or downloaded, similar to how you can download original Xbox One and Xbox 360 games on your uh, Xbox... Uh, sorry, original Xbox One, and I say one, I meant like OG Xbox, like big old big boy Xbox, and Xbox 360 games onto your you know Xbox Series X and whatnot. Um, so that's uh, that's also new functionality. You were never able to download games with PlayStation Now, I believe. Are you Someone sure about that? I'm pretty sure you could. Could you? I feel like it was exclusively streaming. I also never was a subscriber, so maybe I'm talking out of my ass. But I felt like it was exclusively a streaming service. Um, that being said, the addition of like PS4 and PS5 games on it is definitely new. I know that for sure. Um, and the fact that you can stream games on your PS4, your PS5, or your PC is also fairly new. Um, in terms of pricing and how this compares to uh, Xbox Game Pass Ultimate, which is the the most analogous thing to PlayStation Plus Premium. Um, Xbox Game Pass Ultimate is cheaper. I believe it's uh, $14.99 monthly versus $17.99 monthly. Um, the $14.99 monthly tier of PlayStation Plus Extra is is the same price. PlayStation Plus Premium is a little bit more expensive overall. Uh, $20 more expensive over the year. Um, so that's interesting that the PlayStation Plus Premium, which is the most analogous to Game Pass Plus Ultimate, uh, they don't line up in price there. Despite, I feel like Game Pass has the better value in terms of offering day one releases. Um, so, I don't know. Interesting choice there. I guess we'll see how this plays out. So far, it seems like the the reception has been lukewarm about this across the internet, anecdotally. But right. I'm mainly wondering, we have PlayStation Plus until like 2025. <laughs> what happens to our subscriptions and how do we convert if we were to convert to premium, like, do we just lose that money that we've already paid for? Does that convert in some weird way? Because I remember in the past with uh, when Game Pass and Xbox Live converted into being Game Pass Ultimate, any time that you had on Game Pass and any time that you had an Xbox Live were combined and, like, say you had 12 months on each, you suddenly had 24 months of Game Pass Ultimate. 
does that same logic apply here? Something tells me probably not because I don't <laughs> think Sony is as user friendly. Yeah, but we'll see. Because I think for now we're just going to be dumped into the PlayStation Plus Essentials tier. But like, how do you convert? How do you up? I imagine you can upgrade. The time that you've paid for. Yeah, kind of this is gonna. It's gonna be. That. It's gonna be interesting. So a couple quick things to correct you on. Not that I want to be that person, but no, please um, do. You can download select games on PlayStation Now. There mm. are PS4 games on PlayStation now. I'm looking at them as we speak. So, oh, okay. Like for instance, I mean, I so my mouse just died, so I'm charging it uh, and navigating with my <laughs> keyboard. So that's fun. Uh, but like for instance, Mortal Kombat 11s on PlayStation now. Grand Theft Auto Vice City Definitive Edition, Shadow Warrior 3, Crisis Remastered. I mean, this, these are just the new additions. Um, yeah. You know, which are all PS4 games. So. Uh, Fallout 4. I guess I'm thinking, like, PlayStation Now historically has always been, like, really older games. Like, you never see, like, a game that was released in the past, like, year on PlayStation It was, now, and then thing. they kind of, like, rebooted it-ish to have, like, newer games hit the hit the service. Yeah. So, um, but, like, I mean, if you look now, there's nothing, like, crazy new. Like, Ghost Runner's on there. Um, but, you know. is Oh, because that's a PlayStation Plus downloadable game. I need to do that. I mean, we talked about that last week, and I still haven't redeemed those games. <laughs> I should redeem them before I forget. Yeah, so I mean, it's it's interesting, you know, interesting that it's going to be the way it's going to be. I I agree yeah. with you. I have concerns about what they're going to do to us that have, you know, a lot of years there. Is it like okay, no problem? You got PlayStation Plus until twenty twenty five, the essential tier when you like you want to upgrade it. So um, yeah. we'll see what happens. I mean, it'd be nice if they took it at face value and like okay, like you know, you have sixty dollars per year and you can upgrade like upgrade two years of basic to one year of the extra or whatever premium whatever it's called yeah as long as it's like kind of price matched then that's fine i guess but we'll see yeah especially seeing as we uh, probably got our years on sale at like best buy or whatever on black friday so yeah i definitely got like a bunch of stuff on like whenever i'd find like 30 dollars for a year i'm like yeah sure right um so so it's uh it's certainly interesting certainly certainly interesting so uh yes. yeah we'll we'll keep y'all posted as the new games that are coming to the service unfold definitely not a game pass competitor i just don't think that they can compete with xbox uh and yeah. the money that microsoft is throwing around and that microsoft is frankly allocating to xbox so yeah. i mean there is an argument to be made that like microsoft's big tentpole games like uh force horizon 5 i mean force horizon 5 was was good but like halo infinite for example is a big tentpole game that was available in game pass on day one and it's not that great whereas i mean besides ghostwire tokyo which is kind of lukewarm i wouldn't say it was bad but um like most of the first party playstation titles have been genuinely good so maybe this model is working for them um so who knows i don't don't, there's no right or wrong in this i guess but right yeah it's definitely not a game pass competitor so we'll see right oh good stuff why don't you take the next one because i couldn't tell you one thing about grand turismo 7 Yes. So, Grand Turismo 7 updates. Last week, we were talking about how Grand Turismo 7 has had a very rough week, and it was down for two days because of issues, and there was all these issues with uh, microtransactions and things being too expensive and people grinding. So, um, this one comes from the PlayStation blog. I believe this was released basically like two days after we talked about all that. Um, and I quote, this one. Ba- this is basically a post by, uh, by Kazunori Yamauchi, who is the president of Polyphony, Polyphony Digital, the creator of Grand Turismo. Uh, thank you for your continued support and feedback on Grand Turismo 7. Your voices have not gone unheard. I would like to apologize for the frustration and confusion caused last week with our patch updates, which resulted in not only a server outage, but also adjustments to the in-game economy, which were made without a clear explanation to our community. We know that this is not the Grand Turismo experience you expect, and we'll be making a goodwill gesture in the form of a non-paid credit pack of 1 million credits 
available to those players who may have been affected, aka if you logged into the game before uh, April 25th or whatever, you can claim the credits. Um, updates which will come in the uh, come into effect beginning of April include uh, increased rewards and events in the latter half of the World Cup circuits by approximately 100% on average, so that's good. Uh, addition of higher rewards for clearing circuit experience and all gold, all bronze results. Uh, increase of rewards in online races, uh, including a total of eight new one-hour endurance marathon race events. Uh, sorry, endurance race events. These will also have higher reward settings. Uh, increase the upper limit of non-paid credits and player wallets from 20 million credits to 100 million, and increase the quantity of used and legend cars on offer at, at, at any given time. Um, so I guess the, as the apology for the outage, they're giving everyone a million credits, and they're also like, yeah, and the races are going to be a lot worth a lot more too because we realize that you guys have lives and you don't want to work for cars as if you were working in real life to buy a real life car. Uh, no one wants that, and that's the the real life simulator that everyone wants. So good on them. I'm hoping that they continue to listen to people's feedback um, because I don't know. I feel like historically kind of on a cultural level, Japanese companies don't like to listen to feedback and like to decide, I'm speaking directly at Nintendo, and <laughs> like to decide decisions on people's behalf. So this is really good on them. I'm happy to see uh, that they're actually listening and, and making these adjustments like as quickly as they are. Um, like I said, this was literally two weeks or two days after we talked about this last week. So yeah, good on them. Yeah. All right. Well, the only thing more depressing than that, uh, this is a, a, qu- a quick one. Breath of the Wild 2 has been delayed to spring 2023, and no one is surprised. It's come Not straight that. from Nintendo of America, uh, who put out a little video from uh, from um, Scar. Sorry, yeah, E.G. Aonuma, who is the producer of Legend of Zelda series, um, and talked about you know a quick update. Uh, it's like a minute and a half video. I didn't even watch it to be honest with you. It looks like there's some new footage. I didn't watch it either. My bad. It, it looks like the same, the same footage. Way. It looked like it was yeah. the same footage from last E3, but anyway. Yeah, it doesn't um, look like anything new, but they were just trying to make a nice goodwill little... So, what I will I say is, I did pull up this uh, this thing. I was scrolling through the tweets, because uh, Zelda was trending, I believe, at some point in time. or something. Well, some game was trending. Oh, Xenoblade Chronicles 3 was trending. Or Xenoblade mm-hmm. Chronicles, something like that. Uh, one, something Xenoblade something was trending. And I clicked on it, and I'm just scrolling through the tweets to see what people were saying. And uh, Andre Seegers, who uh, is a Game Explained founder, uh, posted this uh, tweet, which I think just sums it up pretty well, uh, and says, Even without Zelda, Nintendo still has a packed year. Nintendo Switch Sports, Mario Strikers, Fire Emblem Warriors, um, which obviously the sequels, um, Live Alive, Live Alive, I forget how you how you say it, um, Splatoon Live 3 coming Oh, <laughs> Live Alive? I don't know. It's L-I-V-E space A space L-I-V-E. Live Alive, maybe. Um, Splatoon 3 coming in the summer. Xenoblade Chronicles 3, which I believe is coming in September. Bayonetta 3, which is still slated for this year. Pokemon Scarlet and Violet. Mario plus Rabbit, Sparks of Hope. And Advance Wars 1 plus 2 Reboot Camp, which is TBD. Um, obviously do the ongoing war in Ukraine. Um, and that's not even accounting for the possibility of other games that are likely to be announced for 2022. So you figure that the big, and now it's just me talking, but you figure that the big like November game probably hasn't been announced yet because hmm. uh, I'd imagine Pokemon Scarlet and Violet will come sometime in the holiday, but those are usually in addition to like whatever big game is coming. So I'd imagine we'll see something at E3 that will be like the big tentpole holiday game, whether that's you know a new something. I don't know what what it's going to be. Usually it's like Metroid a, Prime Four. 
not <laughs> it's not gonna happen this year no it probably won't happen this year but it might be like uh maybe like wind waker and um and twilight princess or like stuff like that i could yeah. see coming so either way you know uh that old you know miyamoto quote or whatever good game is uh whatever good uh, delayed game is Someone eventually good yeah yeah a delayed game is eventually good but a rush game is forever bad so oh yeah it's literally right there it's the first one um yeah so i mean it is what it is there's so many games to play out there uh there's you know not enough time in the world uh to play these games so not the worst thing in the world yes um i've got Indeed. a unless oh, so, you sorry some, go ahead justin was saying in the chat that we do see some new footage footage in this video uh we see a broken master sword and a better uh and new shots of uh sorry better shots of the new link design um so a few new things there i do remember seeing an article about the broken master sword and what that means or what it could mean kind of thing speculation so right 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 um, exciting stuff it is exciting stuff um and then as i'm scrolling through uh as i'm scrolling through a couple things here ign has a post because i think ratatouille was trending um and ign posted their top 25 pixar movies well there are only 25 movies but uh ranked in order by their staff uh, ratatouille at the top no i don't know why ratatouille is trending so is it at the bottom i'll read you Concerned i'll read now. you the top 25 from number 25 don't look it up i'm gonna read them um okay. so number 25 this comes from the ign staff number 25 cars three correct number 24 cars two correct <laughs> number 23 finding dory uh mm, okay sure number 22 the uh, monsters university Number Damn, 21, okay. number 21, The Good Dinosaur. There. Number 20, Brave. Mm, okay. Nin- 19, Cars. Fair. 18, Onward. Fair. Oh, you're going to be pissed about these next couple. Uh, 17, uh, Turning Red. I haven't seen it yet, so I have no opinion. I'm sorry. S- 16, Luca. Really? 15, Soul. That's a joke. Luca was better That's than fine. Soul. That's fine. Yeah, Luca was better than Soul, but like in terms of overall placement, that's fine. It was very middling. Okay. Uh, number fourteen, Incredibles two. Uh, thirteen, A Bug's okay. Life. Okay. Twelve, Toy Story four. Okay. Uh, Eleven, Rat That Um, okay. here we go. Top ten. Ten, Toy Story two. Number nine yeah. is Up. Mm-hmm. Number eight is Finding Nemo. Okay. Number seven is Monsters Inc. Number six is Coco. Top okay. five. Lower than I would put it, but sure. Coco's a top three for me, but whatever. Yeah, I would agree. Uh, top five, and I agree with almost all of these, except I uh, I don't agree with number one. Uh, top five. Actually, what do you think? Give me give me the top five based on what you know is left. Oh, I don't remember what's left, but I mean, I know what movie I'll tell you. See. I'll tell you what's left from top to bottom. Yeah. Incredibles. No, just like shuffle them. Don't tell me what's left from top to bottom. Yeah, I, no, I am. I'm giving them to you in alphabetical order. Um, oh, okay, yeah. Incredibles, Inside Out, Toy Story 1, Toy Story 3, and Wally. Toy Story 1, <laughs> Toy Story 3. Uh, sorry, Incredibles, Wally, and what else? Inside Out. Hmm. Toy Story 1, Toy Story 3, that's locked in. Uh, Incredibles, Wally, Inside Out. That would be my top five. 
Incredibles Wally Inside Out. Okay. Of those, of the not my that's not my official top five of those that are left in this list. Right, right, right. So the only one you got right was Inside Out. Inside Out is number five. Okay. Toy Story One is number four. That's incorrect, but okay. Wally is number three. Toy Story mm-hmm. Three is number two. Also, Incredibles is number one. Incredibles is number one. That's a joke. Yes. It's a great movie, but that's a joke. It's not the best one. Come I would on. say I would say my top five. Just looking at this. I'd say Toy Story 1, Toy Story 3. Well, my I'm top five, I, I don't know if I could, I, I don't know if I could like really rank the top five. Top five are like all my favorites. Toy Story yeah. 1, Toy Story 3, Inside Out, Coco, and then number five is TBD. It'd either be Wally or Up. I don't even know if Inside Out is in my personal top five. Like, it's a really good movie. I like it. Don't get me wrong, but it's not in my top five. I don't know I why. My- like, it's just stuck with me. Like, I, I've just rewatched it so many yeah. times. It's just such, I don't know. It's one of those movies where I sat there and I'm like, oh, holy shit, that's how minds think, huh? <laughs> no, it's a fantastic movie. I just It didn't hit me as much. My top five, I don't know, in no particular order, just the movies that are my favorite Pixar movies. It's Toy Story 1, Toy Story 3, Coco, um, Luca, and... Oh, my God. Uh, that's This is really tough. So I'm saying, I would say probably Wally or Up. It's between well, Wally and, that, up. and that's what I'd say. Like number five would be like a three-way tie between Wally, Up, and Ratatouille. Like that's Monsters Inc., tie. Finding Nemo. Like all those movies are like oh on God, that I forgot tier. About Finding Nemo for a second. Yeah, they're like, all like all really, there. really good. Yeah, like you have like eight. Like S tier is Toy Story one, Toy Story three, Coco, Inside Out for me, and then like. There's like a long bar, and it's like <laughs> of like all the A tier monsters, ones, yeah. like all the early Pixar monsters, Inc., Finding yeah. Nemo, Wall-E, Up, and not even early, but like early, and then like upper yeah. echelon of the more recent or middle echelon. I was, I'm gonna be. This is gonna be, get me clowned on. I was gonna say Wreck-It Ralph for a second. I'm like, wait, no, that's not Pixar. Uh oh, uh oh, uh oh. <laughs> I was gonna say Shrek. I'm not a clown. Literally the worst people ever. Ugh. You know, Justin said Wally number one. Wally's a really, really good one. Wally, Wally hit for me. Wally has no dialogue for the first half of the movie. There, it's just noises, and it has such an impactful story. Like that is a feat in and of itself. It's so good. Yeah, I, it's like I a would master class in filmmaking. It, it really is, and I'd say even up to some extent has that same feel, where it's like a lot is captured in some scenes, right? Obviously, one of the early scenes, Married Life, right? Where they go mm. through and they tell a vast story with just music. Yeah, um, and, like, you're crying within 15 minutes of that movie. Like, Coco had me crying about a grandmother that I don't even know. I, did, I literally do not know my grandparents. Like, I was born after they are a past. Like, and Coco gets me every fucking time. Like, how do you do that? Coco is just so Ugh. fascinating to me because I had so much faith in it because Leon Kirsch was directing, who directed Toy Story mm. 3, and I was so yeah. excited and it lived up to every expectation and shattered my expectations about yes. what that movie would, could and ended up being. So, Speaking of shattering expectations, a movie that everyone is really, really excited about. Like, I have never seen a movie have that many five-star reviews on Letterboxd. Like, approved by both, like, annoying film critics and people that just, like, enjoy movies. Um, Everything Everywhere All at Once is a A24, like, standalone, kind of, like, multiverse film um and like to the point where when you google it people are like is this a marvel movie and it's not um it looks 
fantastic and apparently it is fantastic and it's on my list to see it it's still in like limited release phase it's gonna be like wide release later in april um but apparently it is really 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 good so this is if you haven't heard about it yet you heard it here first that movie is going to be pretty big in the coming months i think in terms of uh you know people screaming about it on twitter and whatnot um, I'm excited this to see is, it. This is with old Jamie Lee Curtis. I remember this. I was like, wow, Jamie Lee Curtis really like aged. Jamie Lee Curtis? Yeah, she is plays it? a villainous something. Everything everyone wants. It's with Michelle Yeoh. Oh, yeah, and yes, a villainous something. <laughs> Literally, it says a villainous... B. What does it say? A villainous bitch? No, bureaucrat. <laughs> uh, Jenny Slate... <laughs> a villainous bureaucrat. <laughs> Jenny Slate plays Big Nose. <laughs> Harry Shum Jr. plays Chad. Ah, uh, yes, Chad. <laughs> apparently, it looks or apparently it's it's a fantastic movie. Um, I have heard nothing but good things about it. I haven't seen a movie rated this high in IMDb in a long time. IMDb ratings, I feel like, are always like a six or a seven. This one's 95 percent of Rotten Tomatoes, or sorry, ninety seven percent of Rotten Tomatoes, ninety five percent of Fandango has a ridiculous amount of five star reviews on Letterboxd, which uh, people are always like shitting on everything for no reason. Um, so Got an a lot of on Metacritic. That's a really high run for movies. What is A twenty four again? A twenty four is the studio that did. Um, did they do Get Out? I don't know if they did Get Out, but they did Hereditary. Oh, they did the Tragedy of Macbeth. Yeah, they. It's like that film studio that does a lot of like those kind of under not underground, mm. but like indie ish, like off the beaten path. They Uncut did Gems, the Green Knight, the Green Knight, Uncut yeah. Gems, um, Midsummer, the Death of Dick movies. Long. Yeah, not get out. Sorry, not get out. The death of Dick Long. Um, but yeah, they're they're that studio. Um, the Ballad of Lefty Brown. Oh, the Disaster sure. Artist, Lady Bird. Yeah, yeah. Mm. They're that kind of like they're like indie, but like kind of mainstream indie. Like they're movies that you can actually understand for the most part. The oh, Green they did Night Moonlight too. A little bit of incomprehensible to me, but that's fine. That's just me. I'm stupid. Um, but yeah, so. If you hear a lot about this movie, you heard it here first. Because I feel like it's not being marketed well. Like, I think I saw the trailer maybe one time in a theater, and, like, it kind of blew over my head. Um, but it's, uh, I feel like this this one's going to be big. So Okay. Point taken. Keep that in the back of your mind. But, yeah, hopefully you'll see that soon. And, yeah, that is about it for episode 139 of What the Funcast. We've somehow made it, or we've somehow <laughs> run over time. I think we talked a lot about uh, we talked a lot about Ultra in the beginning. And that's what we really did. Yes. We really did. The King Hardwell. He's Anyways, here. all right. Well, this has been a fun episode. Thank you all for sticking around. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. Thanks yes. for doing your thing. And we will catch y'all next week with a brand new episode, episode one forty. Um, hopefully, we'll have enough news to have the episode next week. If not, <laughs> we'll catch you in two weeks. But we'll see. We'll see what happens. We shall. All right. This has been. Episode 139 of What the Fun Cast. This is Paul and Ahmed. Signing off. Peace.